clear your ears. We need to sear our fears. Mademoiselle said, dear as the years. Cheer at jeers? Liz, what happened to our ears? Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 25 of The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of the Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Greetings, lads and lasses. Tis Max here, along with me kitty friend, Liz. Uh, bonjour, mon amis. And in honor of today's leg of our adventure, <laughs> I learned me a new trick I did. Oh, good boy, Max. Good doggy. Uh, so, show me your new trick. All right. <clears throat> your lady who? Uh, pardon? I said, your lady who? Well, Max, you already know I'm the Lady Liz. Eh? You asked, you are the Lady Who? And I answered, I am the Lady Liz. But I thought you knew that. I did. I, I mean, I do. I mean, see, Liz, I weren't asking you nothing. I distinctly heard you ask, you're the Lady Who? Which, uh, by the way, is a very poorly constructed sentence, grammatically speaking. But it weren't no question. Weren't no question? Uh, Max, you really need to brush up on your grammar. Liz, I can't be brushing up on me grammar. She's already passed on, God rest her soul. And she don't need no brushing. And from the pictures I seen, she always had a fine, healthy coat. <sighs> Why do I even try? What's that? Why did you ask Yoda Lady Who? I weren't asking. I were yodeling then. Oh, je comprends. Yodeling. You are giving a Swiss mountain call. No, I were yodeling. That's what yodeling is, Max. The mountain people of Switzerland use yodeling to uh, communicate with each other across long distances. What, they never heard of smartphones? Yodeling was around a long time before the smartphone. Uh, but I think I know why you're yodeling. I thought it would be a grand way to introduce today's episode. And you're absolutely right. For today, we travel to beautiful Switzerland. Aye, it is the homeland of Gilliman. And the home of some of the most breathtaking views in the whole world. Aye, they're breathtaking all right. Being up that high, there's not a whole lot of breath to be taken. We, the high altitudes, have uh, less oxygen than in the lower lands. There's not much air up there either. Uh, that's uh, similar to what I said. And... It not only works your breathing harder, them high mountains can mess with other things too. As you shall now, uh, hear in our latest chapter of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. 
Chapter 25 The Mountain Pass The scenery before them was astounding. Even Max had to admit that these snow-capped mountains overlooking glacier-born blue lakes gave Scotland competition for beauty. The mountains of Switzerland seemed to go on forever, rising and falling on the horizon and plunging into sparkling waters below. The air was fresh and crisp. It also affected them in a strange way. What did you see? shouted Max to Kate, who had asked him something. I said, did you see those birds flying overhead? shouted Kate in reply. Did I see the herds dying in a bed? What kind of nonsense are you saying, lass? Max shouted in reply, shaking his head to try to clear his ears. No, the birds! Did you see the birds? Kate shouted again, feeling flustered. Did I tree by thirds? I like to tree pesky beasties, but usually just one at a time, said Max, thinking Kate was asking about his pest-rounding abilities. Kate shook her head. Max made absolutely no sense. Suddenly, the animals all came to a halt. Liz had stopped walking up ahead, jumping onto a rock where everyone could see her. You need to clear your ears. They are plugged up from the change in elevation, Liz shouted. We need to sear our fears. Hi, she is a wise lass and quite profound exclaimed a very loud owl, not understanding what Liz said. Mademoiselle said, dear as the years, interjected Henriette, who rocked back and forth on top of Don Pedro as he walked, smiling at Jacques as she thought of their years together. Jacques beamed back, enjoying the fact that he could not hear Henriette for once. Cheer at jeers? asked Don Pedro, thinking those words were just more anger management advice from Henriette. Rudy and Rosie seemed to be the only ones not affected by the change in elevation on their ears. They were used to flying at high altitude, after all. The hummingbirds enjoyed a good laugh at the absurd conversation among the animals. Finally, Rosie flew over to Liz, putting her beak inside the cat's ear, saying, they can't understand you, senorita. No one can hear a thing, so the words are all nonsense. Uh, merci, Rosie, Liz replied. With that, she began to yawn. She said nothing, but repeatedly yawned. As the animals watched Liz, they couldn't help but yawn as well. With every yawn, they noticed their ears popping and clearing. They could hear again. Max's ears finally popped clear. He turned to Al and said, Can you hear me now? Liz, what happened to our ears? asked Kate. You see, mes amis, we are now entering higher elevations in this mountain pass. As this happens, the air pressure in our ears gets, uh, how you say, out of whack and needs to adjust. Yawning helps reduce the pressure. When you could not hear me, I simply began to yawn. It is quite contagious, no? asked Liz. Aye, I can hear you fine, no? 
It's amazing how just a little bit of misunderstanding can change the meaning of things, said Al. We. Oui. That is why it is very important to make sure we always understand each other on this journey. If you do not understand something, just ask. And if you cannot hear, then just yawn, replied Liz, looking to see that everyone understood her. I heard everyone just fine. You should have heard yourselves. <laughs> Laughed Isabella, letting loose her usual... Ah, oui. Yawning helps the ears to pop clear, but also chewing. And since cows continually chew their cud, Isabella's ears stayed clear. Magnifique, Liz replied. It was nearly nightfall, and they were in a good place to rest. As you can see, the fire cloud has stopped, and so will we for the night. Everyone find a bite to eat. And let us sleep close together, since it will be quite cold tonight. A word of caution, mes amis. We must be careful to keep our voices down as much as possible. We are in avalanche territory, said Liz. They had climbed into a heavily snow-covered area, and the temperature would quickly drop when the sun went down. Al and Isabella discovered they shared a passion for food and soon found a nearby clump of buttercups poking out of the snow to devour. Liz had explained that cows can spend up to eight hours a day eating and that their stomachs were made up of four sections. As for Isabella's gas problem, Liz said that cows can produce 200 pounds of gas a day from all they eat, being expelled through burping and other unpleasant noises. Al was jealous at how much a cow could eat, he and Isabella talked frequently about various foods, likes, and dislikes. Still, Al was ever careful to stay upwind from the cow. So, the air pressure and the snowy cold and avalanches are part of journeying through these mountains. What else should we expect then, lass? asked Max. Oh la la, these mountains are full of wonderful sights, like the golden eagles that Kate saw earlier. Many beautiful creatures live here. And we, wolves are known to roam these mountains, but of course, uh, seeing the flora is what I like best, replied Liz, snapping out her paw for her routine pre-meal bath. She never ate before washing. Aye, of course, the plants are your favorite thing, being the garden unless you are, said Max. Well, Time for me to inspect the area and make sure all is secure for the night. I'll sniff out the wolf beasties if they be here. Max got up and trotted away from them, ears perked up attentively now that they were clear, to check out their surroundings. Max was a fine watchdog, and Kate smiled as he trotted off, watching him shake his back paws from the cold snow. Tell me about some of the pretty flora here, said Kate, always eager to learn. Well, as you can see around us are wonderful woods filled with pine and spruce trees. As you go up the mountains, there are short pine trees, and then further up you see dwarf shrubs. Now, for acid soils, one typically finds rhododendron ferrogenium, 
but of course on the more basic soils you find rhododendron hirsutum. Liz explained, always excited to discuss vegetation. Kate wrinkled her brow, indicating that Liz was talking above her head again. Liz stopped and simplified her explanation. Above that line are the meadows, and the higher you go, the more sparse vegetation becomes. At such high altitudes, plants form into isolated pillows. It is fascinating to observe that the most brilliant colors of plants are found at the highest elevations, which are exposed to the most severe weather. Wonderful wildflowers and brilliant lichens and mosses are plentiful way up high where the fierce winds blow and the storms rage. The lichen are soft and well-formed. It is fascinating, no? asked Liz. Aye, that is fascinating. The lichens and mosses in sheltered places in Scotland are rough and ugly rust-colored. What do you suppose makes the difference? asked Kate. Perhaps it is the strength of the little plant that comes through when it is tested by the severe conditions. The wind sculpt to make it soft, and the sun uh, brings out the brilliant color, Liz said pensively. That's kind of like life, then, remarked Al, joining Kate and Liz, some buttercups still hanging from his mouth. What do you mean, Albel? asked Liz. Well, it's the going through the hard times that can make us all beautiful. Storms cause smoothing around the edges, just like water smooths the stones over time. And the struggles make you stronger and wiser, explained Al, yawning to keep his ears clear and thinking about that life lesson he and Max had shared. Liz sat silently and pondered what Al said. It was a fact of nature that trees up on the mountain peaks have the strongest roots to withstand the winds, and the battered mountain tops produce the most beautiful flowers. She smiled as she realized that this fact of nature also applied to life. This seemingly simple cat was right. He had a depth to his heart that drew Liz to him. She may have the facts on how things work, but seeing the meaning behind things often escaped her. And the meaning, many times, was far more important. So, tell me about the wildflowers, asked Kate, enjoying all she was learning from Liz. Albert and Isabella are enjoying some Renunculus glacialis, or glacial buttercup, said Liz, smiling at Al, who walked back over to graze with Isabella. There is another flower I have heard of, but uh, have never seen. Few ever do see it, because it is so hard to reach. But I hear it is a flower of incredible beauty. How I would love to see it, said Liz. Do tell me about it. It sounds intriguing, said Kate. Leonteporium alpinum, which is part of the Asterocii family. It has woolly white leaves and beautiful blooms of five to six small yellow flowers surrounded by a star of leaflets. It thrives in rocky limestone places that are very inaccessible. 
It is a very special flower. Ah, oh, how I would love to see one just once, sighed Liz. What makes it so special? asked Kate. It has long been known as a flower that a lover will risk his life to get for his true love. It symbolizes uh, bravery and love. It's known as Edelweiss, from the German Edel, which means noble. <laughs> Just as someone else's name here means noble, explained Liz, smiling at Al, who smiled back with yellow flowers in his teeth. Isabella leaned her head over to Al and whispered, Senor, have you been listening? I'm sorry, but what, what are you saying? replied Al, chewing. Not to me, to the senoritas. You told me how badly you still feel about tearing up Lizzie's garden. I think I know how you can make it up to her, Isabella said, looking over at Liz. The cow smiled. Every woman loves to get fresh flowers. Ah, oh, that was such a glorious day. Aye, once we got our ears unplugged then. And that were the day Big Al surprised us all a wee bit. We, oui. in one simple statement about going through the hard times, he gave us a great deal of wisdom. <laughs> now you see why I am so attracted to him. <laughs> well, no, I don't. <laughs> but I'm a doggy then, so you'll pardon me if I'm not sharing your feelings. I just like the big fella. Al's me best pal. And that makes me wonder how Miss Ginny came up with such a cat when she was trying to write her stories. Well, there is only one way to find out then. Let's head on over to... Ginny's Corner! Hello, Miss Ginny! Hey, Max and Liz. What are you two curious about today? In a word... Al. Ugh, in more than a word, tell us the story behind Al. How'd you come up with such a kitty then, like... Al. Well, Al, as I've shared before, is based on a real cat, my dear friend Lisa Hotman's cat, Albert Aloysius, and I patterned Al after him, and this was a real cat who ate constantly, and he was a big fraidy cat, and he was timid, but he was a big lovable lug and very kind of simple-minded. And so it's kind of funny, isn't it, that animals have characteristics just like humans? And, you know, I know they're different than we are as far as not having souls, per se, but they certainly have emotions, and they have minds that can think. And so Al is a wonderful representation that all of us are a little afraid sometimes. All of us might not be the brightest tool in the shed sometimes. All of us can say silly things, be funny. And so Al is a wonderful part of my personality. Merci, Miss Jenny. Thank you for bringing us Al. All right, wise guy. <laughs> Sorry, Liz, but I was surprised to hear that Al has got a bit of Miss Jenny in him, that she too gets scared then. We, oui, Max, I think it shows that we all get scared by something. Oh, now, I'd... Even Maximilian Braveheart said Bruce. Okay, then, I, me too. And, well, sometimes it's okay to be scared then, right? I can answer that. Ah! For the last time, will you stop sneaking up on me? Sorry, Max, I uh, didn't mean to, uh, scare ya. Hardy har har. But it's true. Sometimes a little fear can help you to be brave. 
And sometimes there's a healthy kind of fear. It can be like a warning sign, so you'll use some caution. Oh, like being very cautious with fire because you don't want to get burned. Exactly. So we need the maker's wisdom with how to handle our fear. Are we needlessly being afraid or are we being cautious and wise? Should we hold back or should we lean into our fears and go forward anyway? For example, maybe you've wanted to write a letter to Miss Jenny, but you've been a little bit afraid to do so. Well, that's one fear you really don't need to have. Here, let me help you out. Get in touch with her by email at jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com or record onto your phone an audio message and who knows, we might even be able to get your voice on one of our podcasts. How cool would that be? Again, just reach out to Jenny at her email, jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at epicorderoftheseven, all one word, epicorderoftheseven.com. That's jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com. We'd love to hear from you. Well, in our next episode, Al takes his cues from this week's episode and makes a decision that helps him conquer his fear. But is it a brave decision or a foolish move? Well, we'll all find out in our next episode. Thanks, announcer lad. Liz, is he starting to make a wee bit more sense? Oui, and so now I am frightened. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderoftheseven.com. And don't forget, Jenny has a brand new book out called The Declaration, The Sword, and The Spy. It's her latest in the series of the Epic Order of the Seven and can now be purchased on Amazon.com. That's The Declaration, The Sword, and The Spy. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grande! Au revoir, mes amis. Always remember... You are loved and you are able.